Welcome to the Determined Truth Podcast. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Where we aim to explore questions of truth, the scriptures, and what it means for the church today. Here's your host, Rob Dalrymple. Hello everybody, my name is Rob Dalrymple. I want to welcome you to my podcast in the book of Revelation. In this series of podcasts, we're going to look at the book of Revelation from chapters 1 through 22. What did John say? How would John's readers have understood what he said? And what does it mean for us today? After we survey the 22 chapters in the book of Revelation, we'll then record some more podcasts that will examine some of the more popular topics. What about the beast and the Antichrist and the rapture and some of the more popular topics? For those of you who are interested, I encourage you to get a copy of my book, Follow the Lamb. It's a guide on how to read, understand, and apply the book of Revelation. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast by downloading the Podbean app on your smartphone and following the Determined Truth podcast. For now, I hope you sit back and enjoy our study of the book of Revelation. Today's study takes us to Revelation chapter 15. I'm going to begin in verse 1. And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels who had seven plagues, which are the last, because in them the wrath of God is finished. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mixed with fire, and those who had come off victorious from the beast and from his image and from the number of his name were standing on the sea of glass, holding harps of God. And they sang the song of Moses, the bondservant of God, and the song of the Lamb. Revelation chapter 15 is going to kind of serve as a little bit of a bridge between the Revelation chapters 11 through 13 and 14, uh, and then connecting it with Revelation 16 and 17 and 18 that are, that are going to follow. The first thing to note is the parallel reference in Revelation chapter 15 verses 2 through 4 with Revelation chapter 11 verse 13. Revelation 13 says, And in that hour there's a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city fell, and seven thousand people were killed in the earthquake. And the rest were terrified and gave glory to the God of heaven. Now, I've argued before that the book of Revelation is a story and the story is playing out. And that the key to the story is understanding the fact that redemption happens through the suffering of God's people. The the faithful, persevering, sacrificial, loving witness of God's people, which leads to their death, then leads to the repentance of the nations. So in Revelation chapter 11, verse 13, we note that the nations were terrified and gave glory to the God of heaven. So also now in Revelation chapter 15, we see that those who had come off victorious from the beast and from his image and from the number of his name, they're standing on the sea of glass holding harps of God, and they sang the song of Moses, the bondservant of God, and the song of the Lamb. Now also note the connection between Revelation chapter 11 verse 19 uh, and chapter 15 verse 8, which we haven't read yet, but note, Revelation eleven nineteen says, The temple of God which is in heaven was open, and the ark of his covenant appeared in his temple. And there were flash of lightning and sounds and peals of thunder and an earthquake and a great hailstorm. In chapter 15, uh, verse 8, it says, And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power. And no one was able to enter the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels were finished. The chapter opens then in chapter 15, verse 1, with another sign in heaven. It was great and marvelous. And there were seven angels who had seven plagues, which are last, because with them the wrath of God is finished. Now, when we see the word last in the book of Revelation, it can often lead to some misunderstandings. And I suggest that the word last and the idea of after these things, for example, in verse 5 of chapter 15, suggests that it's last in terms of the order of visions, not in terms of their order of occurrence. The phrase after these things in the book of Revelation has always seems to be indicating the order in which John saw things, not necessarily the order in which these things actually take place. Now, it refers to a sea of glass mixed with fire. We saw a sea of glass in chapter 4, verse 6, in which it was in heaven. The idea of fire now suggests judgment. Judgment coming from the throne of God and the sea of glass that was before the throne of God. 
Now, the importance of verses 2 through 4 is the fact that it's going to connect the seven plagues referred to in chapter 15, verse 1, with the description of the bowls that takes place in chapter 16. It's very similar to what happened in chapter 8. At the beginning of chapter 8, we saw the seventh seal, concluding the vision of the seven seals uh, in verse 1. And then in verse 2, John is told that he sees seven angels who had seven trumpets, uh, which, were, which were given to them. Then verses 3 through 5 describe another angel who comes and stands before the altar, and he's got this incense, which is the prayers of the saints, and, and he offers his incense on the altar, and fire comes up from the altar. And the indication seems to be that the seven trumpets are going to be a response to the prayers of the saints that go up before God. So also now in chapter 15, verse 1 begins with a description of the seven angels who have the seven plagues. But the seven plagues aren't actually narrated until chapter 16. Verses 2, 3, and 4 and following then describe what happens as a, the reason why these plagues are going to take place. And that is, uh, uh, those who come off victorious over the beast and the number of his name, they're standing, they're holding harps of God, and they're singing, Thank you, Lord, for uh, you're righteous and you're just, and, and, and your, your righteous acts have been revealed. And then we find out, verses 5 and following, that the temple in heaven was open, and the seven angels or the seven plagues, they, they come. And so what's happening in chapter 15 then is this prelude that's introducing the seven uh, uh, bold judgments that are going to take place in chapter 16. Next, we notice in verse 2 that it says that the, those who had come off victorious over the beast and his image and the number of his name were standing. They're standing on the sea of glass. Standing, of course, indicates victoriousness. Remember in chapter 6, verse 17, uh, those who have come under the weight of, of the wrath of, the, of God and the wrath of the Lamb said, who is able to stand? And the answer now becomes, well, these ones are able to stand. They're, they've come off victorious over the beast and his image and the number of his name. Next, we notice that those who are standing uh, have harps. Uh, verse 2, they have holding harps of God. And likely this connects them with the 144,000 in chapter 14, uh, who the sound of harpists were playing on their harps as the 144,000 were following the lamb wherever he goes. Then it says that they sang the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. Verse 3, they sang the song of Moses, the bondservant of God, and the, song, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are your works, O Lord God the Almighty. Righteous and true are your ways, O King of the nations. Who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. For all the nations will come and worship before you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. The Song of Moses and the Song of the Lamb uh, uh, probably are paralleled together here because in, in both cases they provided deliverance by the sea. Just as Moses provided deliverance in the Old Testament, so also the Lamb provides deliverance in the New Testament. Great and marvelous, uh, amazing are your deeds, O Lord God the Almighty, and true and uh, righteous are your ways, O King of the nations. O Lord, who will not fear and glorify your name? The idea of who will not fear and glorify your name reminds us also of Revelation chapter 11, verse 13, where it says, The rest who were terrified and gave glory to the God of heaven. And it also connects us with Revelation 14, verse 6 and 7, uh, with another angel flying in mid-heaven, having an eternal gospel uh, to those who live on the earth and every nation and tribe and tongue and people. And he said, with a loud voice, fear God and give him glory. Who will not fear or, and, and glorify your name, O Lord? For you alone are holy, it says, for all the nations will come and worship before you. Again, this shows the fulfillment. The whole uh, point of the biblical story is that the nations will be redeemed. The nations will be brought back into God's eternal presence. And now we, we see that indeed the nations have been restored to God's eternal glorifying presence. Verses 5 through 8 then says this, After these things I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of testimony in heaven was open. And the seven angels who had the seven plagues came out of the temple, clothed in linen, clean and bright, and girded around their breasts with golden girdles. 
One of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls full of the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power. And no one was able to enter the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels were finished. One scholar has suggested that verses 5 through 8 of chapter 15 is a, a scene in which a, there's a universal courtroom, a, a class action lawsuit. The plaintiffs are the saints who represent those who are killed on the earth. The defendant is going to be the beast or Rome, as we'll see more in detail in chapter 17 and 18. The charge is going to be exploitation and murder in the interest of power and idolatry. The judge is God himself, and the theme is the justice of God. Now, the seven bowls are associated with the wrath of God. Uh, And of course, in the Old Testament, they're associated with the priestly service at the altar in the temple. That the first reference to bowls was with the prayers of the saints in chapter 5, verse 8 suggests then that the wrath of God being poured out here is directly associated with the prayers of the saints. How long, O Lord, until you avenge our blood was the great prayer in chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. They were told, however, in chapter 6 that they had to wait a little longer until the number of their brothers and fellow servants who were to be killed, even as they had been, should be completed. And now the answer to the prayer has finally come. The, the, the wrath of God is going, to be, uh, is going to be poured out. The bowls, in fact, are filled with the wrath of God. Verse 8 tells us that the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power. This reminds us, of course, of the vision in the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, where Isaiah sees the Lord sitting on a throne, high and exalted. Verse 4 says, The foundations of the threshold trembled at the voice of him who called out while the temple was filled with smoke. Revelation 15, verse 8 then concludes that no one was able to enter the temple any longer until the seven plagues of the seven angels were finished. Uh, Perhaps the indication here is that there's no more intercession. No more need for the prayers of the saints because God is answering their prayers. No, Nothing's going to hold them back now. In chapter 6, how long, O Lord, until you avenge our blood? And they were told to wait a little while longer. But now God is answering their prayers. This is the end. There's no more time for repentance. There's no more time for intercession. No more need. The trumpets were designed to bring, repent, to bring the nations to repentance, and they didn't. Um, instead, what happened is the nations were brought to repentance by the faithful, persevering, sacrificial witness of God's people. And now those who have failed to repent, well, the bulls represent their final judgment. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you would like more information on the Determined Truth podcast, you can find us on iTunes. You can follow Rob's blog at DeterminedTruth.com or purchase his books on Amazon.com. See you next time.